We at Sisterly Naturopathy Studio would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and waterways on which this business takes place and where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri peoples of the Woiwurrung language groups part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to Wurundjeri elders past, present and emerging. We honour the deep spiritual, cultural and customary connections to the traditional custodians to the landscape and ecology of the land on which this studio is located. We acknowledge that this land was never ceded. Today we are going to be talking about ourselves, what led us to naturopathy, how we treat as naturopaths and our journey kind of getting here. Specifically like also talking about our studies and what that involves because often when we talk to people they kind of don't realise everything like all the subjects included in what we've studied in order to become qualified naturopaths. We shall begin with kind of what led us to naturopathy. Obviously we're sisters so we had the same upbringing, lived in the same house, we're only just under two years apart in age. So we have been doing pretty much everything together since the very get-go. Yes, despite what people say, we are not the same person. We are quite different in our personalities. I am a Capricorn through and through. Taylor is a non-Pisces Pisces. Yeah, it's no point even really thinking about Pisces and me, to be honest. But there is a point to think about me as a Capricorn. There definitely is. I mean, I'm running a business. So you're very proud. (laughs) And I'm very proud, yes. Anyway, back to it. So yes, we were raised in the same household by our wonderful parents. Um, And our mum was a naturopath. So we, so naturopathy is nothing new to us. It's something that we grew up with. That was our norm. Seeing a GP, for example, was not our norm. It was kind of like, ooh, what is that kind of way of medical thinking? We were used to our little tinctures of herbs and I don't know homeopathics homeopathics food as medicine our mum was a wonderful cook yeah so that's definitely where it started as far as like it was very familiar to us um and unlike a lot of people that we studied with we didn't go through like I guess a health crisis or process or like found out that we had a chronic illness or something of kind of like that so it was very different to what most of the people that we'd studied with was which is funny because looking back I'm like wow we we were kind of ignorant like we were just we were so ignorant and like in and I say that in the nicest way possible to ourselves and to other people who may have similar upbringing Um, And then also go on to study, say, nutrition or acupuncture or naturopathy. But, yeah, I just, looking back, I'm like, far out. We were so clueless. And we both came into it being very much like... We're healthy. We're vegan. We (laughs) exercise every day. We know what we're talking about. We're basically already naturopaths. And very much like, it's so simple. Everyone should just do what we do. And then you'll be fine. Which, oh my God, highlights just how important study is Mm, mm -hmm. like I cannot emphasize that enough even yeah just as people yeah growing up around naturopathy just being like how um how clueless that made us in so many aspects yes and also like thinking of the medical system and you know just example like painkillers and Panadol and 
all of that, we were lucky enough and privileged enough to not need interventions like that. So, again, we had no idea mm-hmm. about the medical system as a whole. We had a, like, a brief kind of introduction to it in a really massive way, in a shit way, a few years beforehand. We can get into. Which we'll talk about time. at another time. Um, and I think it's funny because, yeah, like even probably that um, experience shifted the perspective so much. And that's because mm-hmm. like us and our family were like just pushed into this place that we never expected to be in. And I would not wish that situation on anyone, but like it's just in a way, I guess, when you come out of things, you you do try and look for stuff that you could have learnt because mm-hmm. in some way you want to, you know, make sense of it or like, I don't know, whatever it is. But yeah. So yes, very ignorant before we started. Um, and probably what, in addition to obviously growing up around naturopathy and it being familiar to us, like once upon a time, I never, ever thought I would be a naturopath. Like it did not cross my mind until I think I was 20 and it came from the realization. I was like, oh, if I have kids, I want to be able to replicate what our mum did for us and that she was always so confident in what she could do with for us when we were sick. And I remember thinking that as the first thing to be like, oh, maybe I would like to actually study this. And because I think also looking back, I realised because I was very unfamiliar with the medical system and therefore I guess there was like some fear because I was like, well, I don't Mm. know that. So I need to learn this other thing in order to be able to have confidence over my own health. But in particular, thinking about one day if I have a family, I would want to be that for them. Yes, which is very interesting because I was very similar. We had never discussed it. Like you, at Mm-mm. when I was 19 or maybe when I was, no, it was when I was 18 and traveling and it was when I was traveling, I was really getting into like nutrition and knowing what certain vitamins or nutrients were doing to the body and how that was helping. Instagram circuit. Oh God. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the embarrassing Insta food. Uh page I had when I was younger thought I was a genius whatever story for another time as well oh my god that really reminds me of take some drag story for another time oh yeah (laughs) anyway yeah so I'm traveling around thinking about food thinking about nutrition how it's going to help me how I can be the healthiest version of myself and then I was like you know what I need to study naturopathy. That will give me all the tools and I'll be really self-sufficient when I'm older and similar thing to Taylor. And I was like, I'm going to have kids one day, probably. And I need to know how to look after them. And again, there was that so much unknown around the medical system and a bit of, yeah, distrust in it as well. Not to a huge extent, but yeah, I think just that fear of the unknown. So I was like, I'm going to study naturopathy. And then I said it to Taylor and she was like, well, I'm going to study naturopathy. And I was like, okay, copycat. No, actually, I was going to study nutrition oh, to begin that's with. right. Yeah. And then a person who I used to babysit for was a supervisor at Endeavour College, which is where we went to. And she said to me that because of the extra year involved in naturopathy, that the naturopathy students 
come out of it much more confident. Mm. And I was like, hmm, okay, I better do that. And also I realised that as a nutritionist, you can't prescribe any supplements that have any herbs in it. Yes, and we were raised on herbs, so that yeah. was kind of a bit of a deal breaker. Which is strange that I ever thought, oh no, I'll be a nutritionist. I reckon it was me being like a little bit of a shit. I think to so. mum like being like, I'm not going to do the exact same thing as you. Yeah, but me was like, yes mum, I'm going <laughs> to do what you did. Oh. Make my mama proud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we both decided we're going to do naturopathy. Then just, you know, a few years go on in our life, get into it later. And then we come to 2016, we've both enrolled to Endeavour College of Natural Therapies in Melbourne. We're so excited. So, I mean, I'd never gone to uni before. Taylor had done a bit of study, but I had, yeah, just done, um, you know, high school, year 12. Steiner High School. Steiner High School, so it's a bit different as well. Anyway, so I rock up to my first day of uni. I have a little recycled notebook I didn't bring a laptop because I was like who needs a laptop I get into like my very first lecture was just like a room full of students because it's biology and they all have their fancy macbooks and I'm looking around I'm like god just a bit of an overkill here (laughs) get out my journal my little weird journal and my pencils yeah so that was an interesting beginning but yeah right from the start studying starting that course it was just like yeah, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. This is so interesting. It's um, You go into so much more depth with everything. It's not just, here's a plant. Here's an exercise regime. Boom, health. You're on your merry way. It's like, no, we're starting at the very beginning talking about Adam cells. And it, over the course of, you know, four to five years, we just, yeah, learnt more than I would have imagined going into that course. Mm. Yeah, I remember just on you and your little notebook. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember before we started, I'd only gotten maybe a laptop. Oh, yeah, because I had studied previously. And I was like, Liz, I think you really will need this. Like, it will be much more helpful. <laughs> and then Liz was and like, no, like, no, nah, nah, I'll be all good. I'll be fine. I want to spend my money on clothes, not on laptops, not on those frivolous things. Yes. And then you would have turned up and been like, oh, this isn't like Steiner. There's no chalkboard. No, but like it literally took me until the end of first semester. It was I that know. semester break that I was like, I probably need a laptop because for that entire semester I had been writing my assignments and essays in the notes on my like crappy little iPhone that wasn't even an up-to-date one. And then I would email it to myself and I'd go onto Taylor's laptop, upload it to the LMS. It was just such a process. But <laughs> I think it was an important one. It was a good learning lesson. I know. And I think coming into it, you wouldn't have realised, oh, we're going to do tests online and we have to submit our essays online yeah I was completely clueless yeah and then I remember yeah because I was doing the same subjects as you I would have to do those tests and Mm -hmm. you would have to wait until I'd finished mine yeah I was like what time are you doing your test I really need to do mine can you hurry up (laughs) (laughs) that's just really unhelpful for everybody yes but yeah let's run through what subjects we did just to give that kind of overview of of our studying experience because I think it's really important and it's really important for clients or anyone who's interested in seeing a naturopath to know where you've come from and what studies you've done because you know there are courses out there that are three weeks long which there are courses that are even out there that are a year long which sounds like a long time but 
then when I think of our first year of naturopathy, we barely touched on anything. So for people who aren't aware, the course required for naturopathy these days has changed significantly. So I think once upon a time it was a certificate, then it became a diploma, and now it is a Bachelor of Health Science with naturopathy on top of it. Which means that within this course, so this course is four years full-time, but full-time for this course means five or six subjects a semester. Mm -hmm. So it is a massive course load. Yes, with a lot of contact hours, like 24 hours a week, Mm. probably as the average. Yes, like you're most likely to be at uni four days a week if not three, and one of those days is going to be 10 hours. Mm. So it's massive. And because it is a Bachelor of Health Science, it means that we're covering subjects from chemistry and biochemistry to human biological science, foundations of communication and counselling. And then obviously on top of that, we're doing like Materia Medica, which is the herbs. So it kind of brings together... You've got your counselling aspect, biochemistry aspect, biological science. Then you've got naturopathy and the history of it, which is obviously so important. But I think it's like fundamental in this day and age, if you were going to practice as any type of like practitioner sharing health information, that you need to understand other medicines. Absolutely. Especially medicines medications so we also do pathology and clinical science as well as pharmacology and again I think from doing those subjects like doing pharmacology made me realize I learned so much but it also made me realize how much I don't know about this Mm -hmm. and that I guess in being a qualified naturopath be like there is so much education that goes into medical doctors yeah and what they do and I think that was kind of like through these studies the respect and admiration that I gained for for that whole profession was so different to what I expected that I would yeah I think it's because going into it so unaware of that whole side of medicine which as Liz said before the kind of unknown can create fear or distrust But then as soon as we touched on those subjects, it just vastly changed my perspective on that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, and kind of stepping away from that mindset of, you know, natural, 100% natural is best all the time. Like, I think if you become too obsessed with that or too, yeah, just reliant. Yeah, it's really tunnel vision. And that's how I had been, I think... Being raised, it was just our norm. We just ate, you know, we ate really well and we used natural therapies, but we didn't also have anything, you know, go wrong. Like, we didn't have any health conditions. I never need to be hospitalised. Except for when you ate dishwashing powder. Oh, except for that. So, bless the medical system. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, anyway, so then I'm, you know, getting to my teen years and I'd become vegan in year 12. And then I think after that I was just like, you start following vegan influences or whatever on Instagram and then it's just always natural is best cursed chemicals cursed medications yada 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 and you get penalized if you don't do all those things yeah it's like this is why you don't feel good because you're not looking after yourself like it's very much everything is put on the individual 
Which is so unfair because how is anyone supposed to know everything about health, especially with like the internet? Like as great as it is, mm. it shares so much conflicting information all the time and it's not yeah. regulated in any kind of way. No, like the people that I would have looked at or gained information from um, how many years ago, like six, seven, eight years ago, I would look at them now and I'd be like, no, that's that's incorrect. That doesn't take anything into consideration. It's totally unnuanced. It's, yeah, and again, it's just that really tunnel vision view. And it's, I think the big thing is that, yeah, kind of 2012, 2013 Instagram era doesn't take individuals into account or any no. type of kind of like communication or even like empathy in mm -hmm. a really big way. Yeah, it's really, it's such a judgmental space and I found myself becoming quite judgmental. Yeah, I'm so glad that, yeah, throughout the course, it just un did so many of those prejudices that I had against yeah using medications not following a quote-unquote 100% natural lifestyle mm. etc so we've come to I guess the end of our first year of naturopathy and as we said that kind of touched on a lot of subjects to do with kind of biology and chemistry as they're really trying to lay the groundwork for people and it's interesting because throughout the course like especially at the end of that first year a lot of people drop out because it's not this fun easy thing where you're picking plants and making yeah. little remedies and that's fair enough that a lot of people thought that that was going to be the case I didn't think it was going to be as it was but I knew I wanted to do it and the more I learned about all of that I was like oh True, this is really important. I can't just go mm -hmm. in and give a herb to someone. Yeah. But then this brings us to second year. Oh, second year. Oh. I love second year, <laughs> but I also slap my little wrist when I think back to second oh year. Oh, my God. Think of it. Do you remember the first? Such so our third semester of the course, first half of second year, where we did six subjects mm -hmm. and... Every single weekend, Liz and I would be up in the study just the entire weekend, apart from working. I think both of us were working two or three days a week at the yep. time, as well as being at uni four days a week yep. and completing one to two assignments every week for oh. 14 weeks. Yes, I remember at the start of the semester, writing down like a little whiteboard or something on my notebook, <laughs> everything that was due each week. I just, I can't believe it. It'd be like 20 things and you'd just be like, cross off one. Okay, 19 to go. Girl, you got this. I remember I didn't even write it down because I remember looking at everything that we had to complete. And I was like, if I see all of this in one go, that is going to overwhelm me. And I wasn't a very easily overwhelmed person. No, me neither. But yeah, I remember that semester and like, we'd made some good friends at that point and everyone who was at the same level as us, but it was just like, you'd look, you'd go into uni, you'd look around and everyone's just stressed, frazzled, having a mental breakdown, crying in class. It was just, it was so intense, but it was also, you know, it was a really important semester and we did learn a lot. It was some of my favourite subjects, which I remember at the time being like, Part of me wants to fail so I can do it again. Oh my god. I want to go back and do I some know. of those 
courses. Biochemistry. That is what, what nutritional biochemistry. Oh, yeah. That is that. something I would just love to do again and again. That semester had to be taken like week by week. And now I remember I flew to Germany <laughs> in the mid-semester break, which wasn't a break because we had an assignment due. Because the first year, I was like, oh yeah, that would be fine. So I'll fly to Germany, visit my friend who's going to live there for a year with her partner. And fuck me. Shame on you. Shame on you <laughs> for thinking you could do it all. I reckon I was like, I'll go with Taylor. Yeah. I'm not, not sure what made me stay, probably to save a few thousand dollars. Also, none of our, like, six subjects is wild. And... All of our friends who were studying, they were studying full-time and they'd be doing maximum four. So I thought, well, they've gone off and travelled. Mm. Surely I can do that. And it wasn't, it wasn't travelling, it was more, yeah, my bestie was going to be overseas for a year. And I knew that she would have loved to visit us. So I was like, sick, I'll go. But I remember I was, yeah, I was studying whilst I was over in Berlin trying to complete my assignments. Mm. And then that next semester, so, you know, the last half of that second year, we we have one of our best friends, Sophie, who we studied with. That was, that semester, you had a hypo... Oh, hypochloridria. Hypo, lost lots of weight. I developed hives, which is like <laughs> so randomly. I'm like generally just so fine and don't have any skin conditions and then... Oh, yeah. I would scratch my leg and just boom. Hives everywhere. It was so damn annoying. Mm. And I can't remember what was going on with Sophie. I think she was just super stressed and probably had her eczema flare up and yeah, everything like that. It was wild. And because like you, I hadn't experienced any kind of health condition. I was like, how is it that I'm studying naturopathy and my health is getting a turn? (laughs) That has never happened before. And yeah, now I'm like, also growing up, we always played sports. So we ate a lot of food. Like, yeah, when Three you play, bowls of pasta. Yeah, that. when you no play worries. soccer five eight times tacos. a week, that's just what you do. And I remember being like, far out. I can't even finish this bowl of pasta. Like, what is, what is going on? I'm quite a, like a slim person anyway. And then I remember being like, I'm losing weight. What is going on here? Why do I feel this nausea, lack of appetite, and then start developing adult acne, which was a great time. Bless, bless, bless. And yeah, in hindsight, it was like, oh, that was our six subject semester. That's stress for you, baby. <laughs> that's SNS dominance mm-hmm. for 14 weeks straight. And that's when all the lecturers be like, every time you see a client, you have to address stress. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, but like, what about their other issues? But stress was the cause of everything. It was the cause mm. of my hives. I didn't want to believe it. I went to the student clinic, told them about what was going on. They're like, well, I think you're stressed. And I'm like, no, but I can handle stress and I'm not that stressed. Well, because it sounds so simple. Yeah, and you're like, no, I need like a remedy. I need something to stop this from happening. Mm. At that point, it was impossible to change my stress levels because even though I'm not like an outwardly stressed person, if you've got... 500 billion assignments you have to do somewhere in your body it's manifesting that stress and it's kind of wreaking havoc even though we were, you might not psychologically be able to make that connection i think that was the big thing especially for you and i as two people who don't get overwhelmed very often yeah i guess our stress for better or for worse is often internalized mm. so it won't come out on the surface mm-hmm. through that entire course i never had a breakdown but that's not to say that i didn't feel that stress but my mm. stress manifested in physical forms as opposed to like the outward like 
anxiety or overwhelmed or breaking down. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would have rather, you know, cry in class every <laughs> week than get my <laughs> damn hives. I know. Sometimes I think back, I'm like, why didn't I just cry? But it just... I, I, we're both the same. We, It takes a lot for me to cry. And if I cry, I want to do it in the privacy of my own room because it's, I don't know, it's probably this weird mentality around showing emotion, showing vulnerability, which I don't feel like is me, but I think deep down I'm like, no, I'm a strong person. I get through things. I can handle it. So I'm better than this, even it's... though I absolutely know that crying is not a sign of weakness. Like it's incredible. And to be able to do that is so good for you because I mean, so everyone knows you feel so much better after crying. It's also funny because we grew up in a home where our mum was always like, get out of your head and get into your heart. Like, feel what you need to feel. So we mm. weren't denied feeling emotions. I think it's also, I guess, even within that, to not criticise ourselves for how we process things. Because I personally, if I feel stressed or sad, I won't ever deny that feeling but I like to sit with it just on my own. Mm. Like I, when I'm in it, I am not ready to discuss it or I don't need other people dissecting how I'm feeling. I just need to sit there and feel it. And kind of, I guess it's like I am not at the point of explaining mm. or like finding words for an emotion. But I do think I should cry more. And to all my clients, I'm like, (laughs) I think you should too. But all my clients, I'm like, yes, cry, get it out. Mm. That's so great. And honestly, I will sit there and be like, I really want to cry right now. And then I'm just like, hmm, okay. But then I'll watch a kid's movie. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) You do cry a lot in shows. I love... Actually, no, I cried the other day when we watched that clip of Jessica Malboy's niece coming on The Voice. I didn't even watch The Voice. I just watched this clip and I'm like, it's so beautiful. (laughs) That's exactly it. If something is like really touching or beautiful or incredibly happy, I'm so much more likely to cry than I am from sadness. Sadness, I'm just like, I'll just sit here. Even when I'm sad, I'm like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to go do something to make myself happy. I can't be bothered with this, Mm, which um, I don't think is super helpful all the time. I know. I suppose I can take, I take myself out of the situation where I'm like feeling cooped up, stressed, anxious, or not even anxious. I don't really get anxious that often or just like tetchy. That's like the word that I use a lot. And I'll just be like, I need to go on a walk. I need to change up my scenery because I don't want to sit with this uncomfortable feeling. I think it might be also productive. When your emotions feel stagnant, you're like, yeah. I need to move out of this space and even just move my body. Mm. Like, I, I feel that. It's going on a walk and listening to music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Getting out of the house. I mean, lockdown's a bitch for this kind of thing because I've experienced these feelings, these feelings of tetchiness tenfold in lockdown. Like in regular life, you've got a few things on that you're doing each day, so you're never just stuck in this rut Mm. of I don't know I think that's also why thinking both Liz and I have little rescue dogs yes that love our little adopted <laughs> yes they're beautiful they also cry in the morning because they want to be walked but yeah. I'm like sometimes yes I do want to sleep in but having a little crying dog dog jeez <laughs> oh, my dog cries <laughs> having a little whimpering actually my dog doesn't whimper she low-key growls at me great because 
I'm out of the house early in the morning. Whereas even before I got my dog Wombat, before I had her, especially when we're in lockdown, sometimes if I didn't get out of the house in the like first half of the day, mm-hmm. I would find it that much more difficult to do it later. Yes, 100%. If I'm going to have a good productive day, I need to start from the get-go. Yeah, wake up at between 7, 7.30, get out, take Fletchy for a walk, come back home, have my breakfast, get to work. Fletcher is Liz's dog. Fletcher is my dog. I don't, you know, walk another human around. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Fletcher, get out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I know everyone's really different and lots of people like to have a slow morning. And, like, I do have a slow morning because I allow myself yeah, enough like time to walk and eat and get dressed before I have to start work. But, yeah, it's really key to my day and feeling productive and feeling motivated. Get going from the start. Yeah, and even if it's your day off and you don't, you know, quote unquote, have to be productive. I feel like it's just your mood and your energy shifts dramatically when you've just changed up the space. And especially at that first part of the day. And I'm like, Liz, I like to have a relaxed morning as Liz. Oh my God. Taylor takes, (sighs) she tests my lack of Capricorn patience. Okay. She gets up and walks Wombat fine. She does that in the same time as me. Then she goes and washes her face and puts on her skincare and makeup. That takes at least an hour. I've done this all in It's a process. It's a process. You get dressed so slow. You make your smoothie. One (laughs) teaspoon of cinnamon. One tablespoon of cacao. Maybe some of this. Maybe some of that. Whereas I'm like, I want that cinnamon. I want that cacao. Boom, 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 boom. Drink, drink, drink. Done. I can move on to the next task. Whereas Taylor's like... Oh, she's a little snail and I'm also my gift. I'm also listening to a podcast pretty much every morning. Yeah, so am I. So I like sit down for a bit and contemplate what they've said. No, I do the same, but I'm listening to my podcast, cleaning my room, making my bed, doing my tasks. Anyway, this is case in point. We are we are very similar in what we do and our sense of humour, etc. But we are also very different. Melissa has a next level of impatience. Toward me, probably yeah. the most. I, I think to my friends, I'm like pretty patient with them. And I don't push them, but also I don't like conflict. So I'll sit back a bit, but I take me. out all that frustration on you because I know that I can. So it's like, oh, lucky the, me. The impatient devil within me is, is released daily. Yeah, it's pent up from everyone else and everything else in life. And you're like, here's this sister unconditional love and support throw it on her i mean i'm gonna work on my patience but in the same token you need to work on you know doing things more quickly i think that's a i think that's a fair enough payoff (laughs) i I like the slow process well i don't anyway let's move on so we're finished second year yeah no so we're finished second year at that point we know a bit we think we know everything I'm out there talking to my friends. I'm like, well, listen here. You need to do this, this, and this for your eczema. You need to do that, that, and that for your stress. I know everything. Get off that. Do this. You need some zinc. You You need need some some chromium. You just... Oh, Oh my gosh. Anyone who I spoke to in 2017 regarding your health, disregard it. I didn't know what I was saying. I was just... Ego was high. Knowledge was low. It was beginning. Yeah, I think it's when you... The pieces start coming together. Yeah. And you're like, this is 
it comes from excitement. Like mm. when I think about it, like Absolutely. it was being so excited <clears throat> and so enthusiastic and so invested yep. in what we were learning that, you know, when you feel excited about something, you want to share it. Yep. But this is the situation where you should not share it. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, never drop out at the end of second year of naturopathy. I'm sorry, but if I had done that, I would have been, a, a, what's it called? Like a damage to society? Yeah, you would have been. So would have I. Yeah, like, because you have, you know enough, but you don't know enough to realise everything that you don't know yet. Yes, so exactly. And as our wonderful lecturers would say, the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. So yeah. it's like, that's so important. It's not like, when you know little, you think you know a lot more, mm. which was, yeah. Classic second year. I remember going on a date with someone and they're going on about their weird little symptoms and their health condition. And I just like would write up this whole thing for them to do, like basically give them a treatment plan. And it was just because I was so excited. And I was like, oh, I've heard about this. I know what to do for that. I looked through my little perk book. I got you covered. And I'm like, one, don't waste your energy and effort on these little rat bag boys. (laughs) Or people. Or people. Well, for me, it was dating men anyway what was i saying writing up treatment plans yeah so don't write up treatment plans for someone that you've gone on two dates with don't think you know it all just also don't think you owe it to them to fix their health problems because when Mm. i think of the amount of people that yeah they hear that you're studying naturopathy and nutrition like oh Oh, I've got this thing. I can't oh, even yeah. imagine what it'd be like for a doctor. Far no, out. these people definitely ask for it. And, you know, my excitement and, you know... Um, eagerness. Eagerness. Eagerness to please. Little people pleaser. I'm not total people pleaser, but maybe to a degree. New people. New people. That happened. But that's fine. We move on. We get to third year. We love third year. Third year, we start doing our clinic subjects. We also... I think it was at the end of second year, we realized how obviously detrimental six subjects was mm. to our health. Oh, and yeah. Liz, Sophia, Bestie and I decided to extend our studies by just one semester and disperse our subject load as well as doing summer subjects. So yeah, yeah we spent the better half of nearly five years constantly studying. I think that was... I'm so glad that we decided to do that. Honestly, this course... I would recommend if you want to do it full-time, do it full-time over five years because that is still considered full-time. Yeah, you'll still get your government payments and everything. And that still includes doing at least four subjects a semester. So, yes, we made the decision to ease our study load. Still full-time but not full-time plus some. Oh, my goodness, the difference that made. Mm -hmm. Like, third year was so much fun because it was I guess it was balanced like we got to do our studies and we all did really well Mm. because we were juggling six subjects we were like hello hello high distinctions when I have time yes and we also you know we got to enjoy our actual lives outside of study Mm. in a way that I don't think we had for the two years previous like you and I are very good when it comes to prioritizing social gatherings or mm. like hanging out with friends and understand the importance of that oh it was a it was a game changer it was a game changer it was beautiful it was so much fun and we just spend just like heaps of time with Sophie who also studied with us like hey 
we can hang out on the weekend and we don't have to talk about this assignment we're going to do. Let's yeah. just hang out and have a good time. But we didn't have to spend every hour that we weren't at uni or working up in the study just tapping away. Yeah. Like eating chocolate. Oh my gosh. Okay, so flashback to 2018. No, no, it was 2017. 2017. Taylor was obsessed with Loving Earth chocolate. Shout out Loving Earth. Sponsor us up if you want. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, granted, they do make delicious chocolate. It is raw, though, so it is hella sweet. No, not sweet. I went for the dark ones. I also do go for the sweet ones. Yeah, don't even fool me with that. I know you had salted caramel. No, it was the mandarin. Oh, the gabinja? Taylan had pile-high stack of chocolate. And I remember sitting out in the window because I could see from outside looking into the window where she would stack up her empty things, just like counting them. And I'm like... 6, 12, 18 times that by like 10. I was just like, oh my God, that's where all your savings is going. That's where all the government money is going. No, but see, at this point, I was working three times a week, which I had never had an income that wasn't going towards savings to go traveling. Mm. And I was like, wow, my kid self would have been like, you have money, you can buy chips and chocolate. Oh, chips. And then, yeah, I... Like, for the first time in my life, had money, but was also stuck at my desk. You were addicted to chocolate. Yeah, I was. No shade. No. Happens to the best of us. But I... But you were, like, a block... A block of... Every couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, an extreme amount. I can't even... I can't eat Loving Earth anymore. They're not going to sponsor us now. Because it's too sweet. Says you. (laughs) It's like 70%. No, yeah, no, no, but I think it's because it's raw. It's, no, it's not that it's so I think it's, it's rich. so rich. And yeah. it's like, I used to go gung-ho on those raw desserts. cheesecakes, vegan little yummy desserts. But now I, I couldn't touch it. I need a baked cheesecake because that stuff is, it's packed full of good food and it's nutritious, but it is it's rich. Dense and it's as well. dense. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto that. Tim's, I still love chocolate. But I oh also it was realizing that chocolate was because of stress. Mm. Like it was from sitting at a desk and being really stressed and having to exert so much energy that I was like, I need this little thing that I can have. I'm so glad that I did have it at the time. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Let's move on. Okay, third year great. We reduced the study load, still a lot, but we were able to balance that out with life. Then we get into fourth year, amazing. We're doing our clinic subjects, which is like what it's all kind of preparing you for all the other subjects is to get into clinic, to start seeing your clients. You know, you work with your supervisors. It's like, it's a high stress environment because it's kind of tying everything together. Yeah. So if you didn't know already, when you study naturopathy, You not only learn everything in the subjects, but you actually have to apply it in a practical sense. And that is by being in a clinic. And at Endeavour College, they actually have a student clinic, which is really amazing. Mm. So we all got to practice as student naturopaths for, well, because of COVID, it ended up being about two years, but it's usually a year and a half. And what the process is in that, just in case you want to go there. So you have pairs two naturopaths and they see a client but one is the main practitioner and one is kind of like the support practitioner they take your case then you go as the client and wait in the waiting room and then they prepare treatment plan case study 
gathering up all that information and then they go and present it to their supervisor. Yeah, so they tell the supervisor, what's going on? This is my client, this many years old. This is what's happening. This is their diet. I think this is happening. I think the issue might be that, blah, blah, blah. This is what I want to do with my treatment. I want to add in these particular foods. I want to take out this. I want to talk about this lifestyle change. And then, you know, you have your supervisor questioning, like, okay, so why do you think that? What's the pathway? What's happening there? What's, like, going on at a cellular level? And you have to have those answers because otherwise people will be like, well, no, you don't have enough evidence to back this and that might be unsafe. You might not know what you're talking about exactly, so bring it back. So that's the stress element. You're under the pump trying to impress your, your supervisor. You're also trying to do all of this information, create their treatment plan, have a really good understanding before you go back in and speak with them. And you get like 20 minutes to do this. The thing with that is I'm so, I don't think there's any other way to do it. So I understand why they do it like that. And I remember one of my lecturers or supervisors in clinic being like, for the people who get really stressed throughout the process, because often you really, well, personally, you and I, I know that we've really enjoyed seeing clients and taking Mm. their cases. Like, I just love that so much. And I felt so comfortable in it so quickly yeah well that was the aim for those years was to get into clinic and you know have that interaction with another human and talk to them and help them yeah and I think also for you and I like we've always probably been quite comfortable talking to people Mm. and connecting with people as well but yeah I remember one of the supervisors saying when you're feeling really stressed and overwhelmed by what you have to present to them remember this isn't about you remember Mm -hmm. this is about the client and Mm -hmm. you're trying to do everything you can to provide the best support for them so even if your supervisor asks you did you ask them this and you didn't like that's okay yeah like you're learning that is part of it the great thing is that once you've spoken to your supervisor you get to go back into the room the client comes back in you can ask those few more questions that you need to ask them and then you present like their treatment plan and discuss that with them. And I think it's really, it's hard in the, at the time to be like, I've made a mistake, especially when you have made a mistake where you're trying to help someone, but that's study. Mm. And that's what yes. it's about. And yep. you get a year and a half of someone, like our supervisors were just looking out for us and they yep. made us so, like just so much better in not even just like treatment, but understanding people, being patient with the process and taking time to ask the questions that pop up as well, like mm. to not rush through mm-hmm. it because you're trying to get through this list to tick off. And also I remember them saying it is great or it's completely understandable and probably very wise, especially as a student practitioner, to not give your client any more than dietary and lifestyle recommendations after that first consult. Because you get the opportunity then to go away, study their case in depth, go through research, find more questions. And then when they come back for their return, you have so much more of a clear understanding of what they are presenting with, as well as additional questions you want to ask. And you can so much more confidently prescribe them, say, if it's herbs or nutritional supplements. And to be patient with it in yourself as a practitioner and also recognize that you don't need to overload your clients with no different options I think that was the mistake that I made in student clinic is that 
I would want to prove myself that I knew a lot and I wanted to really help them and I wanted to kind of like set them up for life because I didn't expect mm. anyone to come back because you know you're a little student practitioner you're like ah I'm just a little baby and they're not gonna want to come back and see me again so I'm just gonna give them everything and then they can go off and they can do all of these 20 things that I've given them mm. and then you just like no hone it right back make it really achievable just give them three things because then that gives the client so much confidence when they've been able to work through those three things in the two weeks before you see them again and they feel good they're like yep I'm motivated I'm on top of it if you give them 20 things and they've done five of them but they haven't done 15 one they're not going to come back because they're like I'm not going to come back until I've done all these things you've told me to do and two they're going to feel down on themselves because they haven't been able to achieve this unachievable amount of recommendations mm. yeah I have one particular client that I remember from student clinic where it was a PCOS client and it just started with health and lifestyle recommendations I mean diet so mm. just like food and it was just some really simple things it wasn't like a whole overhaul of their current diet or anything like that it was just like really small it was more like habits kind of thing and I remember kind of feeling bad that I couldn't give them more to begin with because I was like I need to refresh myself mm. on this and then later I realized because this client kept coming back to me and that made all the difference but by not giving them like herbs or supplements to begin with, it kind of let them know that they had a certain level of, of autonomy over their health. As in simple changes to do with like lifestyle practices and diet went such a long way and reminded them that they didn't have to be reliant on supplements and herbs, which were great and we did use. But they were obviously, at some point, we were going to stop that. So it kind of gave them the confidence before we'd even started that process to be like, I will be able to sustain this long term yeah. without having to pay for additional things as excellent as they are. And as fundamental as they were <coughs> in that case, but not as a, like, I'm not having a client on herbs for five years. Yeah. And I think that's what we do with our clients today. So much of it is through dietary changes and a lot of just like adding things in and focusing on mm. certain foods we don't really want to restrict people or take too much out it's more about yeah abundance adding things in focusing on certain food groups etc mm. and also giving a lot of education at the same time so the client knows why they're eating certain foods because then it's like it motivates them or they're like I'm eating these certain foods because it's going to help my skin, it's going to help my digestion, mm. whatever it may be. Yeah, some simple lifestyle recommendations. And then, yeah, it's really sustainable. They make habits out of it and then that's just that becomes their norm and they don't have to rely on taking herbs and supplements for the rest of their life. As Liz said, we focus a lot on bringing things into people's diet rather than removing mm. stuff where possible because it's kind of like I don't know the, when I think of clients that I've had so much of it has actually been to do with encouraging them to have regular meals because yeah. our lifestyle doesn't permit that often just with yes. how work no. is stressed busy lifestyles also such a big rhetoric around dieting and mm. eating less food and which Not is all things that we're going to you know go into on later podcasts but they're gonna to have to be dedicated to particular topics because they're yeah. so huge and we definitely want to debunk a lot of myths and just you know discuss things on this platform mm. all right we've been talking for a long time now okay we'll just quickly wrap it up 
We actually, Liz and I had our very last day of clinic on September 17th. Oh, our mum's mm. birthday. Yeah. That was, that was stars aligning. That mm-hmm. was like the silver lining of it all. It was like, ah, oh, that's quite fortuitous. Is that the word? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's so. It's quite incredible anyway. So we love that. It was a wee bit anticlimactic. You're finishing. <laughs> you're not with your classmates. You're not with your lecturers. You're like... Okay, and end meeting. Wow, I've just finished. <laughs> the awkward goodbye. I know. And then meeting. you're like, your face is smiling and then you're finding the end meeting, your face just goes flat. <laughs> you know, it's just so awkward. And you're just sitting in your lounge room. And then you close up your laptop. At and least then we were together. We were together and we had flowers and we had flower deliveries and cakes and it was really exciting and friends dropped things off. Yeah. So that was great. And then it was just kind of like, Damn, we're done. We're currently, and then we're working full time at a health food shop, you know, earning our pretty pennies because we were like, during that final semester online, we were like, okay, we're not going to work for someone else. We're going to just get out there and do our own thing. We're going to set up a business. We'll just do it our way from the start. We've got each other, which is so helpful. Like mm-hmm. all of the costs and the stress are split 50 50, which made it a lot more manageable. Our dad is king of <laughs> self-employed girl boss energy <laughs> and he oh, was really encouraging boss. of that we ended up finding a space that he could help us with you know setting everything up setting everything up taught us a lot of like maintenance and kind of building yeah. skills in the and process. also just like a lot of advice on business and you know he's an ideas man so and he shared mm. a lot of that with us and he's so supportive and really enthusiastic so that was great to have that like cheerleader in the back being like come on girls you can do it yeah we worked full-time earned some money constantly looking on real estate at uh, commercial properties and there were so many available because you know unfortunately so many small businesses closed last year which is really upsetting and really sad but you know it provided an opportunity for us (laughs) <laughs> and we found this great building Sweet. in Northcote, yeah. signed the papers, rented it out in December 2020. When everything was feeling much more yeah. like exciting and yeah. hopeful, we could not have imagined that 2021 would turn out the way it has at this point. No, it was like small businesses struggle in 2020 that's fine 21 will be different Mm. little did we know that the vaccine rollout would be terrible Mm -hmm. and that the delta strain the delta strain would fuck shit up and throw us all back to where we were in 2020 yeah anyway not all victoria victoria yes r.i.p victoria Anyway, we had a good few months after we opened the business and we had our beautiful clients come in and it was just so exciting to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a real life naturopath. This is a real life client and they're seeing results and this is just so much fun and this is Mm. absolutely what we want to be doing with our time. Like we quit our other job. It's just like, this is amazing. This is incredible. This is what we have worked so hard for. Yeah. Unfortunately, kind of as things started rolling and we were getting into a really good rhythm, we had to go into that lockdown, lasted a few weeks, came out for a week and now we've been in one for a while. Unfortunately, the lockdowns, even the snap ones, which I, both of us completely understand why they happen and... Respect. Yeah, we want to do everything just as individuals that we can to limit the spread and, you know, keep 
as many people safe as possible. Unfortunately, I guess for a business and especially a new small business, every lockdown felt like we had to kind of start again. Yeah. Um, and has made it really difficult in the sense of keeping the momentum going. Mm. But at the same time, we like I'm so happy that this is what we're doing. Oh my gosh. I I can't even imagine. Like and I just yeah, I love seeing our clients and I'm really excited, I guess now to be like, okay, twenty twenty two. I know. That is the year. That's the year it all comes together. No, it is coming together, but Yeah. And we just we love our studio and we want to be here with our clients yeah. and we've spent you know a lot of effort setting up the space to how we want it to be and we've created such a nice atmosphere and vibe and it is just I mean Zoom is amazing and I'm so thankful that we've been able to do Zoom consultations but being with the person just you know a meter away from them mm. is just so special and you can just it's connect one point five meters. Yeah, 1.5 metres, but you can just connect with them a lot more and, you know, pick up on that body language and everything, which is, you know, a big part of how naturopaths treat. It's not all just written on paper. It's like there's a lot more that goes into it. Mm, And even the fact that you and I prioritised creating a space for clients mm. like that's what it's for it's yes, not for exactly. us it's for yeah. the clients that we really want to see and want to support and to create a space where I think especially as well when people have spent so much time at home yeah to give them this place where they can step out of their home they can come to this space that we've created for them and to feel even just like that very first thing of kind of helping oneself it's going to those places. Yeah. And you feel like you have done something, you've achieved something just from doing that. Absolutely. And it's such a massive thing. Yeah, it is. It's huge. And to, I don't know, step away from your home life or your bedroom or wherever you've spent so much time, spending time on your computer. You, you might be doing Zoom work meetings all the time. Mm. So then going to a consultation, it's kind of like, ah, oh, just doing another thing. It can get lost in all of yeah, that. Yeah, it can get lost. So, yeah, I think it's just so important to be able to step into a new space. And then every time you come to it, you're like, this is the place that I come and I open up about things and I feel listened to and I feel heard and I'm supported and I'm really cared for in that space. That's and I get incredible. to leave that space knowing that just turning up I've already done something for myself yeah yeah it's powerful it's like there's a lot of strength and power that comes in even just making the decision to go do something for your health make that appointment go to the space and you're just like wow okay cool I'm on the journey I've started and that health is that's your physical your mental your emotional I think that's what we're really trying to emphasize here that the emotional aspect of just taking those steps to even just beginning that process Mm -hmm. absolutely we've both had our first vaccine Mm, we're very very excited about that we're booked in for our second vaccine in a few weeks this is something that we'll also talk about yes this is a big topic not only for I mean, everyone in general, vaccines, it's a hot topic. It's a controversial topic. But for us personally, it's like, it's pretty big. <laughs> it but it's, it needs to be discussed in its own episode. Yeah. Because there's a lot to it. Mm, but yeah, we're very excited to be double vaxxed very soon. Hoping that everyone else can be very soon as well so we can open up. 
Yeah, see clients. We, we want to see our clients. We want to hang see out our with friends. our friends, our family. Things like spring has begun. It's a warm, windy day today. I'm feeling positive. Mm, I just, Jasmine. I just want to get back out into life. I yeah. want lockdowns to end for everyone's sake. I want the communities to be safe. And, you know, I want to have some fun. We want to be able to have things to look forward to, as everyone yeah. deserves. This has been a very long time of missing out on all those things, so we're really excited for that. But everyone's very aware of that, and we're not going to talk way too yeah. much about yeah, true, true. lockdowns and coronavirus, because every other podcast probably talks about it. And we're one of those. And we're one of those. <laughs> we're another podcast. The reason that we're making this podcast, because I feel like naturopathy base podcast or podcast from a naturopath is like one of the very few areas of podcast channels that is not oversaturated so here we are mm-hmm. and yeah coming to you yeah and thank you so much for listening if you got yeah, to this that's, point um, that's that's quite a feat if you got to you know an hour and 10 minutes however long this is going to be no nah, we'll cut <laughs> we'll, we'll, cut, some of we'll cut some of it out anyway hope you are having a wonderful day and you'll hear from us soon yes you will bye bye bonsoir